Oh, welcome inside another edition of Indie Star Prep Weekly coming to you live this week for New Palestine High School in New Palestine, Indiana. I've been told that it's Stein at the end and not Steen. Here with Kyle Nedrip and Keith Glassby. Keys are falling out of my pocket. But how are you guys? I'm doing better than you. Apparently. Kyle, what's up? I'm doing well. Doing well. I think we're good. I just want to power through at this point. Hard as it doesn't look like in the mood for shenanigans today. The weatherman is here. He's ready to go. Um... We're in, we're what we're halfway through the season at this point, right? Yeah, midpoint. We uh, put, I put out a mid-season report card type of thing this morning. So yeah, I think I did it a week early last year. I looked back as like four weeks is not really that. I don't know why I did that, but yeah. So five weeks through, and basically five weeks to go for everybody, counting the uh, first round of sectionals. So everybody's got at least five games left, and hopefully more. You know, if you're if you got designs on making it to the uh, state finals, you have several more, but. But, yeah, halfway through, it's hard to believe that it flies by this fast. Put you on the spot here, Kyle. Most team that you've been most impressed with at the midway point. I, you know, I, I keep ranking Center Grove 1 and 6A, uh, but I've been you know, I'm very impressed with Brownsburg to this point. I don't think you can argue with what they've done when you're talking about 6A teams, uh, offensively, defensively, you know, just all around. The teams that they beat, I mean, they beat – you know they beat, went out and beat Fishers pretty handily uh, last week. We talked about them last week. They pushed HSE to the limit. Uh, also beat Cathedral. They you know they won their first game against Ben Davis. So, uh, but I think when you're talking about team in any class, it might be the place where we're at today. Uh, you know, New Pal's been unbelievable uh, through five weeks. And I don't really sense the Dragons are going to be pushed by probably anybody the rest of the regular season. I mean, we'll talk about their game this week. Uh, but man, I mean, uh, when you talk about total dominance, you know, I, I even wonder how they would do in 6A this year. That's how good they are, and they're a 4A program. So uh, that's one of the reasons we're here today. Is you know they're five and zero, ranked number one in 4A, and and uh, and having a great season so far. Akeem, what about for you? From the teams you've gotten to see in person so far this year, things obviously you've read, seen, and, and on your own though, what's what's impressed you the most, or what teams have stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree with Kyle. It, I would have to say it's New Pal. Uh, again, just the, the talent that they have on both sides of the ball with Tippin and Thomas at running back and then Thacker on, on defense and Isaiah Thacker, wide receiver, just at, at every level on both sides of the ball, they have impact players and playmakers, and they seem to be playing really well. And, again, Tippett, the, the transfer that's coming in and first year at starting at quarterback, he can run and pass. He's kind of a point guard of the offense, and he runs it really smoothly, and obviously Thomas can carry the load. So, uh, again, I've seen them twice twice already and they were dominant in both games so if I had to choose one team that's really stood out to me I would have to agree with Kyle and say it's new pal in terms of surprises have there been any teams that have been better than you expected to be or not as far along as you expected them to be at this point of the year I say oh go ahead I would say my biggest surprise maybe would be LC so far just kind of with the growth of that program that coach Patterson has I mean again Kyle was out there last year and talked about how he's really building that program up and kind of just talking to that talking to the coach and just how just fundamentally sound they are on defense obviously when you have a, a playmate like Mickens at defensive end, you can do a lot in terms of bringing pressure, but the creativity they use to get pressure in terms of changing up the fronts and who's blitzing and coming from where and sending defensive backs on blitzes, just what they do to generate pressure is really impressive. And then obviously on offense, uh, you have Ahmad Duff, who's a big play wide receiver. So just I've been impressed with them, and obviously we'll talk about them a little later with a, a big game they have coming up. But I would say of teams that surprised me, I would say LC is, is up there. Kyle? Yeah, and we'll find out more. Like Akeem said, they play Center Grove this week, and that'll be a huge game and one I'm looking forward to seeing. I would say probably Whiteland to me. Like I, I They're always a good program under uh, Darren Fisher, and they have been for a long time, always run the ball really well. Uh, but the fact that they're 5-0 and and ranked number one in 5A, 
And then, you know, we talked early in the year, and we've talked several, you know, every week pretty much, 5A sort of open uh, this year. You know, you, you get, you know, Cathedral moves out. You know, it's you have New Powell move down to 4A. It's just sort of a – it looks pretty good for Whiteland when you look at the the grand scheme of things. Now, the, they will have to beat – you know, some of the teams they beat, they're going to have to beat again uh, in order to make it, you know, to Lucas Oil and where they want to go. But, you know, Peyton Emberton and that, that offense has just been really, really good. And uh, defensively, they've been really strong too. So I don't know if they're a huge surprise necessarily, but I think to be ranked number one and and uh, and uh, undefeated at this point, that may be a little bit of a surprise. And we'll see. You know, they'll match up with Mooresville down the road, but you know, again, Mooresville's not a team that they're going to see in the in the playoffs. So you know, they're they're sitting pretty good right now. And I still, yeah, Franklin lurking out there. Once they get Max Clark back, and, and that'll be interesting. They'll have to beat them again. Uh, and then, you know, there's some other teams out there in 5A, including Decatur Central, who I think is still going to be a thorn on people's side uh, once the tournament starts. So, you know, it's not like they have a clear path, but uh, I think to this point they've been, you know, a, a really pleasant surprise. With Decatur Central, would you qualify them as, as the team maybe that people are sleeping on a little bit that could come in and make a run, a legitimate run to Lucas Oil? Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, because they are typically, you know, they've had cathedral kind of in their way you know and they they're always you know one of the more athletic teams uh, in 5a especially um you know they're, they're they're fighting through some injuries right now and they're young in some key places so that's part of the the issue right now for them but shoot you saw you know how they they led mooresville 17 to 6 in that game friday ended up losing 18 17 but that's you know like we said last week that's one of those backyard brawl type of games a lot of emotion a lot of physical play uh, and I think they're going to be, you know, they're going to be better once the, the sectional starts and they'll have some confidence. And, you know, I, I'm still ranking them in my 5A poll just because I think they're that, you know, that talented, even though they're only two and three right now. But, yeah, so I, I don't think anybody, any opponent they play in, in the tournament's going to know, like, they're a legit team and you know, capable of going pretty far. Um, Akeem Kyle brought up uh, Max Clark. Do you have an update on him and how he's been doing on the international baseball circuit and when he's going to be back with the football side? I don't know when he's going to be back. That's kind of the big question I have heading into the Franklin-Mooresville game is if his availability and also Hogan Denny's availability. I know he's battling an injury as well. Two of the top baseball players in the state will have a kind of a key impact on, on that game in terms of football, but I don't know. And I know, But I do know that Max had a great uh, kind of tournament down in Florida with Team USA. He's obviously the top-ranked player uh, in his class, could be a potential number one overall pick. So, I mean, I would imagine there was a lot of scouts there that were impressed with his 5-2 ability. But in terms of his availability on the football team Friday, I'm not sure. I mean, I would imagine it's up in the air because he's, maybe he's back from Florida. I know he's been taking online classes in Florida and stuff like that. So I would imagine he's back, but I'm not sure. I'd have to reach out to him and find out. Sure. Um, let's look at the games that you all covered last week. Um, Kyle, let's start with you. What game were you at? I had Ben Davis Warren, the East Side West Side uh, rivalry, and it was a really fun. You know, Warren had a 21-7 lead in the first half, and you know it was kind of felt like Ben Davis. You know, kind of let you know Joe Walker had a 95-yard kickoff return right after Ben Davis scored, and then it was kind of like bam. Uh, Keith Jackson, the quarterback for Warren Central, long run for a touchdown. Uh, he ended up having another one in the second half for a touchdown. Uh, but Warren just they, they struggle for whatever reason to run the ball consistently, which is odd, you know, considering their their history of that's kind of what they do uh, really well. But other than Jackson, and then they couldn't throw the ball really well either. Uh, and then Jackson got hurt midway through the fourth quarter, unfortunately, and then it looked fairly serious. It was a knee. He did walk off, but you know, it, it looked like it could be uh, something at least will keep him out for a little while. 
so they're very young. They're 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 you know their offensive line is is fairly young. They bring back I think everybody on the offensive line next year. Uh, they are you know have a have a, a senior group of receiver or running backs and uh, Lee Alexander at, at uh, linebacker who's going to Navy who's a very good player having a great season. Uh, but Ben Davis just too much offense. I mean they are. Uh, as good as anybody offensively as far as like the overall uh, amount of talent on the skill position side in my opinion um you know marcus reese was just outstanding uh, lincoln murph had a huge game and then I, that was my first time seeing thomas gakowski in person and you know he, he he didn't have his probably his best game even and he still had almost 400 yards passing so you know that kind of goes to show you you know he threw an interception the first play of the game overthrew somebody but you know, they just, he has so many good weapons around. I didn't even talk about the running backs, including Elijah Price, who Warren did a pretty good job slowing him down, I thought, and, and taking him away for the most part. But, you know, they just have so many weapons on offense, including Gotkowski, who can kind of get it to where it needs to go. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it seems sort of, you know, it's like you, you look at these games and who does well. And, I mean, inevitably, it come, how, how's your quarterback? You know, it's it's just such a huge part of, and obviously, you need a line to protect him and all those sorts of things. But, but man, having a having an explosive quarterback like that is makes it such a big difference. And I, you know, I can't wait. You know, Ben Davis in, in that sectional, you know, and I think Pike could be a sleeper even though they're five and zero because they're playing everybody tough. It seems like for for the most part. Uh, but man, Ben Davis Brownsburg, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what that game might look like down the road in the sectional because those two teams are, are fairly similar I would say and and it'll be fun to see even though they matched up the first week Gaskowski wasn't playing so you know when they play again that'd be a lot of fun is Pike 0-5 yeah okay okay yeah and they, they had like I said had LC on the ropes this week I mean they were up we were kind of following that game on on uh you know as much as you can while you're covering games they were up 14 nothing at halftime and, and ahead in the fourth quarter by 10 and I was kind of curious anyway that was one of my things to watch last week because LC it was kind of that trap game where you get center grove coming you've coming off a couple good wins over rivalry teams and then you play pike who's winless but Mm -hmm. better than that they almost beat fishers right they did yeah they're right they've been right in a lot of games uh but then you have center grove next week you know for LC so or this week now but you know how would that how would that game go they got found a way to get it done so I guess that's what matters but but really uh, I think Pike, they play Warren this week. I'm, I'm not calling for the upset yet. We'll get to that in a bit. But I, I, I kind of wonder if that's maybe a, a possibility this Friday. Akeem, you were over at uh, Cecina Heritage Christian. Wasn't necessarily a close game, was it? Um, well, it was kind of it was back and forth early. Uh, Heritage Christian took the lead. Uh, Kyle Antoine, a short touchdown pass to Christian Dora. But then Cecina uh, responded with 20 straight points. Uh, DJ Mendez is a really elusive quarterback, and he can kind of extend plays. Uh, Brandon Fitzramsey is a really talented running back, so they kind of led the charge there. And then the, the, once uh, Cecina took the lead, it was the defense that kind of took over there. When we spoke before the game, how important it would be for Adam Young and Tamir Woods to put pressure on uh, Antoine, and they both had uh, one sack each, uh, multiple tackles for loss, and then that pressure led to two interceptions from Madden Burial, and uh, yeah, the defense kind of held them down and uh, really took over uh, late in the game. So it was it was an impressive performance by the Cecina defense and the uh, Cecina offense did uh, just enough to kind of hold off the comeback and pull out the win. Absolutely. Um, any other takeaways or anything else you want to touch on from this past week? Boys? No, not really. I mean, I, I think the you know the the fact that we're at the midway point and people can read you know the IndyStar.com kind of what I had you know for you know for that story as far as kind of give out some midseason awards and look who's doing well. I think one thing though, and I touched on it briefly, was Decatur Central and 
Mooresville. And Mooresville, without Hogan Denny, like Akeem mentioned, you know, they are pretty limited as far as who Patterson can get the ball to. So what do you do? You give it to him 25 times to run. <laughs> and he and he's such a big guy. I mean, and he had 160 yards or somewhere in there rushing. Uh, and that kind of goes back to they did that a lot two years ago with him. And then last year tried to throw it more uh, to utilize that side of his game. But, you know, it's a pretty nice, you know, to be able to have to that to rely on where he can run the ball for you and make things happen on the ground. I don't know if they want to run him that much or if he even wants, you know, that's you don't want to do that every game because you'll end up, you know, that take, not taking some risk uh, to run him that much. But in that sort of a game, you know, yeah, you're going to put the ball in your best player's hands. So, you know, I think his numbers at the end of the year may not look as impressive just because, you know, they got some different guys at receiver uh, that are trying to get worked in now. But, you know, he's he's still a big part of that that team being 5-0, and obviously. I mean, he's he's is the reason. So, you know, credit to Mooresville, you know, getting that win in, in, uh, in a tough, tough environment and a tough rival. So I think that's another takeaway from last week. I guess it's time now for picks. Um, we don't have the official numbers yet. The uh, the folks behind the scenes are still working on that. I've been told, but they're tabulating we, the, uh, <laughs> the the chads. Is that the? the yeah, that's the, right. Yeah, they're checking <laughs> scores. You know, reading boxes. You know how it goes. Um, this is at uh, Kyle's behest because we wanted to confirm. But what we do know <laughs> is that Akeem finished better than Kyle last week. So Akeem has once again reclaimed the lead. Um, Akeem, this has to be really exciting for you. Really special what you're doing this year. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, I kind of predicted that it would come to this. Um, <laughs> just, the again, the work that I put in, the research, the, the tape grinding, uh, it's definitely been uh, paying dividends, and um, I expect to, to end the season with the lead, too. So, I mean, I'm, I'm calling my shot now, I guess. He's calling it. He's calling his shot. And what folks hey. don't see is the phone book of information and research and printouts that you have. Like, you've taken out entire forests, and I appreciate it because I get to sit on it like a phone book during during games to see over the bench. But for you, I mean, there's just so much knowledge in there, and, and it's fun to see this sort of thing pay off and come together. Definitely. Uh, again, it's a lot of hard work on my part. Um, I don't have the advantage of – 30 plus years of uh, high school Whoa, oh, wow. that, that Kyle does. You know, he's been doing this since before I was born. But, um, you know, you the, 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 the lowly um, former producer turned uh, high school insider is, is, is you know, I'm the, I'm the little the little engine that could. You know, I'm, right. I'm definitely an underdog. So if I if Kyle does happen to come back and win, it's, it's to be expected. So I'm kind of hedging myself right now, uh, an emotional hedge of sorts. But uh, I do expect to come out on top. Though. No breaks, baby. No breaks. Exactly. We love to see it. Um, Let's get started with this week's fun and games. Um, let's lead it off with Lauren Central at Center Grove. Lauren Central three and two. Center Grove four and one. Um, Keem, you won last week, so we'll let you start. Yeah, I mean, I, I spoke about uh, about how impressed I have been with LC so far, but um, Center Grove is kind of a, a different animal. Um, again, their the streak ended, and they've been kind of coming back and, and performing like we know they can. Uh, Tyler Cherry was amazing last week. Uh, 12 of 13 passing three touchdowns he's kind of been improving every single week and once they have that element through the air I mean it'll be hard to stop so I'm going center grove yeah Noah Coy who is his top target at receiver another baseball guy Mm -hmm. he he has been I actually had him in one of our uh, offensive players of the year at the midseason point he has more than half of their receiving yards uh from Tyler Cherry so you know he's been key for this offense because this offense hasn't really start you know been been quite as dynamic on the ground as they normally have been so it makes you wonder with LC you know can they take away the run and you sort of make them try to beat them down the through the air and LC's got pretty good secondary and in back seven so you know I'd be curious to see I'm, I'm really I'm looking forward to this game maybe as many as much as I have any game this year uh, I'm going to take center Grove though at home 
I just think, you know, and it, you go back, LC hasn't scored a point, I want to say, since 2018 on Center Grove. Really? Wow. So this has been <laughs> this has smokes. been about as lopsided as, as possible in, in this series uh, over the last few years. So it's a good measuring stick for LC to say, all right, where are we? You know, this Center Grove team isn't the team of the last two years. You know, they're not as not as uh, um, dominant, I would say, uh, but still a very good team. And and so, hey, you go out there, you play loose, you, you know, you, you play to your strengths, and I'm sure they're going to be ready for this. I'm, I'm sure they were probably somewhat, like I said, with the, the Pike game, maybe looking forward to it a little too much, you know, mm-hmm. going into last week. So, you know, we'll see. I think I think these guys are going to be ready, Tylen Cunningham and – and uh, Josh Mickens and that defense will be ready to play, and they've got the weapons on offense to make it tough for Center Grove. Uh, but I'm going to take the Trojans just because – why not? Because you, you pick the Trojans until they until they get beat. Absolutely. Akeem, you also went with the Trojans? Yes, I did. All righty, next game for us, Zionsville 4-1 at HSE 5-0. and um, Kyle, who you got there? Yeah, huge win for HSE last week to, to beat uh, Westfield. And I know, you know, I think we both picked that game – uh, correctly, but even so, you know, you kind of wondered how would HSE come back from that Fishers win, and, and how would they perform against a Westfield team that hadn't lost a conference game in, in over two years? You know, so that was when you're in Westfield's not quite what they've been, but even still, good, really good win for HSE. Uh, defensively played really well. Uh, Zionsville comes in, and I, I was wrong about this game last week. They just smacked uh, Noblesville 39-7 last week, and I thought. You know, they with Noblesville's offense, they were going to give them trouble because they've been giving everybody trouble uh, with their ground game. So, you know, Zionsville, one of the more complete games of last week, I would say. Uh, HSC playing at home. This is, you know, coming off two really tough uh, games the past two weeks. You know, Christian Abney for Zionsville is going to make it hard uh, for HSC, I think. Uh, all that said, I'm going to take the Royals to win because, and I think it's just going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be a field goal type of a game again. I don't think HSC is going to be blowing teams out this year, but I think there's a lot of confidence within that team, uh, and they have some explosiveness with Donovan Hamilton at receiver. Uh, I, I like uh, HSC to win this game. Akeem? Yeah, um, I'm, I agree with Kyle. I mean, it's definitely a, a toss-up type game. Uh, Zionsville's only loss was to Westfield. HSC just beat Westfield. So by the transitive property, I think HSC wins. I like a good transitive property <laughs> observation. Exactly. Yep. I'm a sucker for those. Um, the Battle of the Unbeatens at Ron Colley next week. It's Lutheran and Cecina both come in with 5-0 records. Akeem, you've seen Cecina last week. Who do you got in this one? Yeah, I mean, like like I said, Cecina's front uh, seven is going to be key because Lutheran's passing attack is one of the best in the state. Uh, sophomore quarterback Jackson Willis, 21 t- uh, passing touchdowns to just two interceptions, over 300 yards per game through the air. Uh, that's He's one of the best quarterbacks that we have in the area right now. So I'm, I'm a sucker for talented quarterbacks. Like I said, Cecina's defense is, is really good, but uh, I think Lutheran has the advantage, so I'm going Lutheran. As much as I want to pick a different uh, team than Akeem, I, I, I just feel like Lutheran is just, you know, there's something about that offense that, you know, 53 points a game, you know, they've just been, and they haven't lost a conference game, and kind of like uh, Westfield, you know, they hadn't lost a conference game in over two years. Last team to beat them was Cecina, uh, but I just think with the, with their, you know, with what they've done offensively, uh, they're going to be ready for this challenge, I think. Although the Lutheran offense versus Cena defense is going to be a very interesting uh, matchup with Tamir Woods on Cena side and, and and Barry Alt, they're they're very good on that side of the ball. Again, I think it's close, but I just feel like I feel like the Saints are going to be the team here. Westfield at Brownsburg. Westfield three and two. Brownsburg five and zero. Oh. Yeah. So this is a you know a couple of years ago Brownsburg came into this game 
and I think felt like they were the better team. They ended up losing in a, I think it was 42-41 in an overtime game, and 43-42, Westfield went for two and got it to beat them at the end of the game. Uh, This kind of looks like that type of a, you know, scenario too, playing at home. You know, this is a Brownsburg team that's won. Obviously, they've been as impressive as anybody. Uh, Westfield, I'm sure, feeling like, hey, we got to get back on track after losing last week. Uh, So kind of a a trap game might be the wrong word because Brownsburg knows how good Westfield has been. Uh, but again, Brownsburg is just, they got three running backs now who can all get 100 yards for you uh, with balance going for over 100 last week. So I just think there's too many, too many good players on that side of the ball for Brownsburg, both sides of the ball. I just, I like uh, Brownsburg to win this. And I, I agree. I mean, Brownsburg has been one of the, you know, most talented teams and kind of performing like that, uh, that we've seen so far. Um, and again, just really dominant performance. Another talented quarterback in Jaden Whitaker. So again, I'm a sucker for talented quarterbacks. So I'm going Brownsburg. Whiteland um, at Martinsville. Whiteland five and zero on the year. Martinsville four and one. Hakeem. Yeah, and Kyle kind of talked about the, the trap game, and then obviously Whiteland has Mooresville coming up next week. So that could be, uh, you know, again, you, you don't want to get caught looking forward. Anything is possible. But uh, and the um, status of uh, oh no, that's uh, next game. But uh, yeah. Martinsville, I picked them last week. I really like their offense, but uh, I'm going Whiteland. Yeah, Martinsville came back in that game. I think scored with under a minute left to beat Franklin, uh, 27-26. And, uh, you know, that was obviously a huge win for Martinsville. They're 4-1 now, so they should have some confidence going into this one. Uh, again, Whiteland, though, has been so good. I mean, they beat, they've beaten some really good teams along the way. Uh, I'm going to agree with Akeem and take uh, Whiteland here, too. Have you guys split up and differed on a game yet? Are we all? Not yet. No, no. All in lockstep. Uh, Kyle's playing defense on me. Yeah. <laughs> I need to catch up, though. That's not going to help yeah, me. Yeah, this it's isn't. True. You should be the one playing defense here, Akeem. Um, uh, let's shift over to uh, Franklin 3-2 and at Mooresville 5-0. and Yeah, I just I feel like with, uh, you know, not knowing for sure what, you know, Hogan Denny I don't think is going to play in this game for Mooresville, so I think this is going to be a tough game, and I would kind of assume Max Clark would be able to come back coming off. And again, we'll have to check on that to, to check for sure. But you know that that's sort of the you know the sort of the unknowns of, of this game. But you know, and Mooresville again, they're not they're five and zero, but it hasn't been like they've been throwing up tons of points and coming off of what was a really physical game last week. You know, how do you can you get back out there and play at your top? Yeah, your top effort again Friday, but I just feel like, you know, gosh, it's hard to pick against Nick Patterson and, and that uh, Mooresville team. Uh, I'm going to take the Pioneers to beat uh, Franklin. Akeem? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree. Again, oh obviously, boy, here we go. <laughs> like, like Kyle <laughs> said, that the status of the two kind of star receivers could sway the outcome if one plays and the other doesn't or if they if they both do not play. Take we, a chance, man. We don't yeah, know. Take a chance. No, and I'm, I can't until <laughs> Mooresville proves defense. otherwise. Uh, I've I've been I'm saying I, I'm a sucker for talented quarterbacks. Nick Patterson is one of the best around, and again, if he's taking on an added rushing load, maybe it'll be a little lower scoring game. But I think Mooresville can pull it out, so I'm going Mooresville. Pick Franklin, coward. Yeah. <laughs> you got a chance to build your lead, and you're not doing it. Not not t- not taking it. Warren Central two and three at Pike zero oh and five. Akeem, who you got here? 
Yeah, again, injuries can kind of uh, maybe determine this one as well with the status of Keith Jackson at quarterback for Warren Central. But um, I'm, let's hope he does play, and I'm going Warren. Yeah, I, this again, I, I, Pike has kind of been, our, you know, where are you mentally? You're 0-5, you know, and, and you haven't been able to get over the hump and get these wins. Can you bring that same effort even though you're 0-5? And, and, you you know, that's, that's kind of where you wonder – uh, but I think, you know, Mike Brevard, first-year coach at Pike, I think he's going to have these guys ready to play. Uh, I kind of wonder about Warren Central, you know, because that, you know, that loss to Ben Davis, I'm sure they felt like, man, we're in good position to beat a really good team. You know, I think they were playing probably as well as they had in a lot of ways uh, for a chunk of that game. And then they had some blown coverages, some, you know, just some bad uh, errors, you know, some things that definitely need to be fixed. And it's been kind of a, a tough turnover year for them as well. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and pick the upset since Akeem won't pick any upsets. You know, and he just kind of sits on his throne and in his tower here and, mm-hmm. and looks down on me. He's resting on his laurels. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I'm going to pick. The, I'm going to pick the upset because I'm the underdog. I'm the underdog now. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Try West four and one at Lebanon three and two. Um, Kyle, who you got in this one? No one believes in me. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying. Uh, Try West. I picked against them the last two weeks, and I've been wrong. You know, because they they come out last week and uh, win a really good rivalry game against uh, Danville. Had to come back in that game, so it was kind of the opposite. You know, the week before, you know, Ty Owens ran for a lot of yards against Western Boone. Comes back and they rely on their defense and him throwing the ball again last week against Danville. Uh, so two really good wins back to back, and this Lebanon team. I'm telling you, it's better than what people maybe know about. You know, they they have a good quarterback. You know, they they're a good team this year. Uh, but after picking against Tri West, I'm going to come back to the Bruins side uh, this time, and I'm going to pick Tri West to win at Lebanon. Akeem. Yeah, like Kyle said, Lebanon is kind of turning around after a, a one and two start, kind of showing some signs of improvement. But um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not not for Tri West's sake, but for the sake of our picks battle, I have to agree with Kyle, and I'm going Tri West as well. So not unlike Tri West last week, you're leaning on your defense in a good passing game. Huh? <laughs> I'm just trying to get. I'm just trying to pick the right games, you know? <laughs> independent of what Kyle does. You know, clearly I'm on a hot streak. So he's uh, packing know. it in, Kyle. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like it. We might have to alter some rules here to prevent this from happening. It's just embarrassing <laughs> display wow. of cowardice so far. Uh, Ron Colley, five and zero at Brebuff, Jesuit three and one. Akeem. Yeah, again, we talked about dominant performances, and Roncalli has been one of the most dominant teams around. Luke Hansen can carry the ball 50 times if he needs to, one of the top rushers in the nation uh, right now. So behind that talented offensive line they have with multiple Division One recruits, it's kind of hard to pick against Roncalli, so I won't. Roncalli. All right, all right, all right, <laughs> Kyle. Well, Luke Hansen, uh, he's over 1,300 yards on the season now, and, uh, yeah, that's one of the top in the country leading the state. I think he's still leading the state, but, you know, that's – I assume he has to be with those t- sort of numbers. He was my offensive player of the year for the midseason at this point, just, you know, and a, a hat tip to the offensive line for Ron Colley, obviously, too, because he does not doing that alone. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I just you have to pick Ron Colley, I think, here. Burbuff – I actually have a story coming out this week, too, about Burbuff and uh, uh, Nolan Buckman, who is kind of making a transition to uh, playing some receiver for them. He's still getting some reps at quarterback in practice, uh, but sort of an unselfish decision on his part where they need help at that spot. 
and uh, he's willing to do that. You know, one of the best, better wrestlers, too, in our area. But, you know, kind of a cool thing, I think, an unselfish move on his part uh, to try to get that offense going. They're not going to, you know, this is probably going to be a season where they're just not as dynamic as they had such good receivers last year with Ani and Walters, and, and he doesn't have those guys to throw to. Have to try to do some different things. And we'll see how that pans out, you know, and what they end up doing against Ron Colley. But I think at this point, it's just hard to pick against uh, Ron Colley and what they've got going, so I'm going to agree on that one. All right, the game that's going to be played here on Friday night at New Palestine, uh, Greenfield Central 4-1 and coming down the road to play here at New Pal. New Pal is undefeated on the season, one of the top teams in the state regardless of class. Um, Kyle, who do you got in this one? Uh, I, I like New Pal, uh, but I will say I think, uh, you know, Greenfield Central, and we talked about it some, I think, in a previous show, but, you know, there's the program 7-4 and four last year. Basically the only teams that are kind of been beating them consistently are Mount Vernon and New Pal, you know, and that's that's a credit to Travis Nolting and that, that coach uh, at Greenfield Central who's, you know, they, they run sort of a uh, uh, wing tee offense that's very ground-centric, but they have a quarterback now. Uh, Dallas Freeman who can really throw the ball uh, well so they have that uh, dynamic to them now that's been a little bit different than what they've had in the past uh, but again you know new pal it's just going to be really hard to beat them unfortunately for Greenfield they're in the same sectional too so as much progress as you make you, you're still running up against uh, a really good new pal team and but I think this you know Greenfield's kind of building kind of like they have here at new pal you know for the long run for the program not for one good year it's for you know for the upcoming several years and they've kind of lined themselves up well kind of like new pal has under Kyle Ralph so uh you know it's just I I it's going to be hard to see new pal seems to be on a collision course eventually to play uh Ron Colley uh in 4a and I think that's sort of where this barring injuries and something unforeseen uh but I think again for Greenfield a good chance to come out and see you know how do you stack up against one of the best teams in the state regardless of class how far is our program still need to go how far have we come uh and I think we'll find out and they're very you know they're very scrappy and I think we'll give uh, New Pal all they got I just that New Pal I think just has too much for them Akeem yeah, I mean, if, if, if you're running a, a wing T offense, maybe some misdirection and maybe they can catch a New Pals defense, you know, kind of off off guard or leaning one way and reverse the other way. But that I don't think that will happen. They're just so fundamentally sound on defense. Thacker, Thacker is one of the best defensive tackles that I've seen. He's so disruptive. And that's one thing that could really blow up a wing T. If you put some pressure right up the middle, that'll make it really hard for them to kind of do what they need to do. So I said New Pals has been one of the most impressive teams I've seen all year, and I don't expect that to stop. So I'm going New Pal. All right, the boys differed on one game, I believe it was, and that was the Pike game. So we'll see see what happens this week with the picks. Hopefully it's a, a great week for both of you. I support both of you, and I'm not at all embarrassed by Akeem's picks this week. Um, but before we get out of here, I should ask, uh, what are you boys got coming up? Uh, Akeem's got something coming next week. Well, I will give it away yet, uh, but it's about one of the players we just talked about. Or, coming soon, I, guess. I don't want to say next week or when it might it's be. Coming but. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> I'll, 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 no, I don't, I don't know. Uh, sometime soon, sometime in the next week or so, I, I'm going out to Ron Collin and talking to Luke Hansen. Um, just, again, kind of finding out what motivates that guy to, to do what he does, to shoulder the load that he does. Again, he did have, he's, he's had games with 30 carries, uh, just putting up really good numbers. So just kind of want to see what motivates him. On the college side, I'm actually working on a story about uh, UND running back Toriano Clinton. He's about 40 yards away from becoming the UND's all-time leading rusher. So that'll be interesting. He's a Chicago guy, but just kind of, UND's kind of had a history of talented running backs there. So he's the next one in line and maybe might even have some pro potential kind of a 
speedy guy. And then I'll be at the Colts game on Sunday. So the home opener there, and it's kind of a must win for the Colts already in week three. So Pat Mahone's coming to town. That's uh, Yeah, that'll be interesting. Should be fun. And exciting. Here's the, the good news. The Colts are not 0-2. I keep looking at the standings. You're right. Like, you know I, what? They're not. As much as it feels like they're 0-2, they're actually not. So but that, you if you tie the Texans, that's that's a loss. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does feel like they're 0-2. Yeah. Pro ties. I like them. More <laughs> ties in the NFL. Kyle, what do you got coming up? I've got a story on uh, Park Tudor, a couple of girls. Uh, it should be out uh, Wednesday morning, I believe. But uh, they have a girl kicker who's a good soccer player and then a uh, linebacker who's a, a freshman who uh, is playing mostly a the linebacker. Yeah, mostly playing JV, and she's about five foot two. And, Good for and, her. Yeah, that's badass. And she ripped the ball away in a JV game and almost returned it for a touchdown. So, uh, kind of cool. And Park Tudor had a girl, uh, co- uh, woman coach uh, on the uh, football staff, uh, coaching the team a couple years ago, and she's since moved on. But I talked to her about that too, and just kind of, you know, it's. I think it's cool when you have, and I talked to both the girls players about this, but. You know, they mentioned, you know, they had a little girl come down from the bleachers and, and, and mentioned like, hey, you know, I, I love watching you play. And I think that's, you know, it, maybe they don't even know what they're doing exactly, but it can be, you know, something other girls can look up to, you know, them playing. It's not that unusual necessarily to have a girl's kicker, but uh, but the fact they have a linebacker playing too, I thought was cool. So, uh, yeah, that should be out tomorrow morning. And then, like I said, I have a story on uh, Nolan Buckman, I think will be out uh uh, roughly around uh, probably Thursday or something than the normal predictions and whatnot. Good stuff. As you're watching this show, you've probably already seen a story up. Talked to Audrey Lowry, a softball pitcher, is going to Oklahoma, six-time national champion. They won it the past two years in a row. So pretty awesome for her to get to go play at her dream school, a uh, group that she grew up watching and kind of inspired her as a pitcher and stuff. So it's really neat talking to her about that. Um, a story on Camera Banks, who is a name that you're going to become real familiar with in the next couple of months. She's a freshman at Decatur Central. Um, Marty has offers from like Mississippi State, Purdue. All the big wigs are coming out for her. Arkansas is in on her. Um, cool kid, really very mature for age, both physically and, and just in talking to her. You can tell that she's wise beyond her years, so she's going to be a fun kid to watch. And then uh, who knows, there will probably be some surprise mixed in there too. We obviously have soccer selection shows coming up Sunday. We have Marion County Tournament this weekend, um, soccer city championships I think are next week. So we're hitting, the, uh, hitting high speed here, full go for uh, fall sports on my side too. And we should probably mention too the uh, the canceled game uh, at Attics yeah. between Attics and, and Purdue Poly uh, Friday. Kind of one of those unfortunate situations, and you know the, end of, the game ends up being uh, you know canceled and they can't play. They couldn't reschedule because of bus you know getting the bus the kids there and whatnot just didn't work out. So, uh, but again the referees you know for whatever reason, you know, it's sort of, a, I think, you know, probably a miscommunication at some point. But I really thought uh, Chris Chang, the Purdue Poly coach, uh, sent me an op-ed Saturday basically and said, you know, I don't, you know, and then I asked him, hey, do you mind if I use this for my Monday uh, column basically? And we ended up breaking that out. But, you know, he basically said, and I think he's right, if this is Fisher's HSC or pick your big rivalry game, you know, New Powell and Mount Vernon, you know, that, that probably didn't happen this way. You know, they probably, you know, the, the referees – are there, you know, and and whatever happened to, you know, I think they thought one of the referees had said they would had picked another game, you know, had contract another game, and and they thought they'd given them a heads up, and then that didn't end up happening. So then you end up with 500 people and two teams with nothing to do, you know, no, no one to play. And, uh, so you know, it's just it's unfortunate and definitely, and and you only get so many of these every fall, you know, and these two teams in what I think would have been a really good competitive game too. Uh, aren't aren't able to play so uh, I thought he really did a good job of 
conveying the message of his thoughts on it and and kind of where he comes from as far as uh you know the adults kind of needing to take some responsibility there how does that work with officials do they pick their games before the season or is it a week-by-week basis yeah they'll contract them out and then you know i, I there's a uh, kind of a confirmation process and you know i i think that's kind of where the you know, the, you, you maybe end up going, you know, because I think four of them were on the same crew together, and there was another one who did show up to the game. Uh, but obviously you can't, you can't uh, referee the game with one guy on the field. So, yeah, there's a process to that, and I think that's kind of where the hang-up came on what actually happened there as far as confirming or not confirming. So, but yeah, there's a, there's a process there that obviously the, you know, whatever was supposed to happen didn't happen, unfortunately, and that's kind of what, you know, ended up making it not have a game on Friday. So do those teams, will they have a chance to make up another game, schedule another opponent, or is their schedule loaded through? Yeah, I mean, you're kind of limited by, you know, and they said, hey, it would have been nice to be able to come back and play Saturday. I talked to Addicts AD actually yesterday, and he said it's just hard, you know, kind of with their, um, you know, students, it's hard to get everybody kind of there again on, on Saturday and get them bussed over to Purdue Poly. So, you know, that – was an option they talked about they weren't able to do it so yeah you're just going to end up with one less game unfortunately yeah, that's a bummer situation bummer yeah. situation um but we thank you all so much for watching we'll be back again next week from a location that's to be determined we thank new palestine so much for hosting us um for akeem the picks leader for kyle the picks runner-up i'm brian henshin i'm too stupid to pick games thank you all for watching we'll talk again next week